0: go ahead and turn over to Mark chapter 10. It is great to be back. As you know, Florence and I we were out of town this past week. We were down in Georgia visiting our, our boys and their wives and our granddaughter. And so now that we have a granddaughter, she's seven months old, we need to make a lot more trips down because when you got a granddaughter, you got to be with the granddaughter, right? So it was a great, great time. We loved being there. It's great to be back. We missed everybody. And I know you are in very capable hands While we are away, some are thinking, you could go away more. Actually, that would be just fine. But we are back, and uh, you can't get rid of us quite that easy. But it's uh, it's good to be with everybody. What is the riskiest thing you have ever done in your life? Now, you might be thinking, well, I do a lot of risky things. I'm surprised I'm still alive. I do so many risky things. But we tend to sometimes live life on the edge. That's not really a bad thing. Uh, Maybe it's a good thing. But typically, when we're younger is when we do more riskier things. So I remember when I was a kid, building something much like this. Now, if, you're, if you grew up in the 60s like I did, uh, I know that's not very many of you, but one or two here and there, we used to do a lot of things like this. So we would get, you know, baby carriage pieces and, and scrap wood from wherever we could steal it from or find it from in the woods or something. And we loved to make go-karts. And so we would make these go-karts. They look very much like this. And where I lived, where I grew up in New York, upstate New York, we lived on a hill. It was a very steep hill that went down. There were several houses along the way, driveways. But at the end of this hill was a major highway with a lot of traffic. And so we thought it'd be really cool to make these go-karts and go flying down this hill. And we felt like it was totally safe because you had several driveways that you could you know, kind of bottom out in before you actually got to the hill. We didn't wear any helmets. There were no brakes on these contraptions except your feet. And we would do that all the time. We would just go down. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, what, what were my parents even thinking? Were they thinking? Probably not. But that was the climate back then. Nobody wore helmets. Nobody really thought about safety. It was just the risk. I remember we had a neighbor, and he had this station wagon. It was like a Bel Air or something. Do you remember those? 60s, big old station wagons, and had a tailgate. If you guys could adjust this audio, it's really boomy up here. It's like right on the verge of a lot of mid-range. takes one mid-range out. But So we would open up the, uh, the tailgate, and thank you, much better. We would open the tailgate, and a bunch of his kids would sit on the back of the tailgate, dangling our legs over the side, and he would drive around the neighborhood. Could you imagine doing that today? I mean, you wouldn't get 10 feet. You would be arrested for child endangerment or something. But but that's what we did, all kinds of stuff. But we used to make these go-karts. And that was our introduction to driving. Now, what about driving? I want you to think about driving for a moment. Because a lot of times we don't really think much about driving. We, We open the door, we get in, we put the key in the ignition, we turn it on put the car in gear and we go where we're going without giving a whole lot of thought to the incredible risk that you are taking as you go on this journey down the road. Now, I think about that risk because I have a teenage daughter who's a driver. So I think about that risk every day. She's a great driver, but I think about the risk. But think about driving the road. Just think about the car. Think about what you're doing. You are getting into this contraption Several thousand pounds, metal, plastic, nuts, and bolts. And the whole thing operates. It gets you where you're going because it's, it's, it's riding on four balloons, essentially. That's it. You got these thin rubber balloons, and you fill them with air, and then you, you step on the gas, and you're off, and you're going down the road. I'm amazed that cars even work. When you think about how complicated they are and all the nuts and bolts, like... Surely, like, stuff would just fall off every day. Like why? like, why does this stay together? But it does. It's amazing. But anyway, on this vehicle, usually at the back of this vehicle, there is a large tank with a, with a lot of combustible material. And so now this this massive metal and plastic floating on balloons is a guided missile, and should this thing hit something with this giant tank of gasoline in the back, that's going to spell trouble. And what even makes it go is amazing to me, because there's a series of mini explosions that happen under the hood. I mean, that that combustible stuff in the back, it's getting like fed up to the front and it's being ignited like all the time. While you're sitting behind the wheel, you know, just relaxing away, you get in this thing, right? And you're going down the road like 55, 60 miles an hour, and then you've got to think, wait a minute, there's like tons of other people doing the same thing. They're all around me. And, and many of them are coming right at me doing the same thing. They're driving 60 miles an hour in their you know, guided missile talking on their phone. Right? How crazy is that? And so when you think about driving, there's a lot that could go wrong when you go driving. And we try to manage, we try to mitigate the risk. We say, well, I've got seatbelts on, and we've got the airbags are good, and you know the cars... Brakes have been inspected. I think they're pretty good for the most part. Most of them anyway. At least two of the four work really well. And so we we, we try to make sure that as best as we can, we have training. But even with that, you got to admit, driving a car is really, really risky. When you consider the amount of risk, why do we do it? You say, well, that's obvious. I've got places I need to get to. And we're willing to take the risk. Because the benefit of getting where we're going really quickly far outweighs the risk. And there is great risk in driving a car. So where do you need to get to? Not someplace a car will take you. But where do you need to get to a place that you know only God can bring you? everybody here is on a journey. We are on a journey. You're on a journey. I'm on a journey. We're on the same journey. We all have a start and we all have a finish. And there's a lot that goes on between that start and that finish. Do you remember when you began your journey in life? I mean, I'm, I'm not talking about birth. Maybe you do. I, I know, but remember when you were very young, you didn't really have to think a lot because everything was done for you. You were provided for. People fed you. They clothed you. They put a roof over your, your head. I mean, you were, for the most part, taken care of. And your main goal when you were a kid is what? To have fun. You didn't worry about a lot of the stressors that adults. Do. You just wanted to have fun. And I love having fun. Having fun is a great thing. There's nothing wrong with that. We should all have fun. But I think the older you get, the more you realize life is no joke. Life is no joke. Life is serious business. It's risky business, but it's serious business. And the further along you get in this journey, the more responsibilities you pick up. Okay, so you get a little older. Now maybe you're going to college, and you're thinking, I've got to pay for this somehow, right? Mom, Dad, they're sorry, you know, we'll do the best we can, but you're on your own. And, and so i got to get loans. I've got to do this. Like, this is like a big investment. And then maybe you get a little further on your journey, and now you've got a job, and you've got a career, and you've got to show up every day at the right time. You know, you can't, you can't sleep in. It's like, oh, wow, okay. And you've got to be responsible, because if you're not, you're going to get fired from that job. And then maybe you move on a little further in life and you say, okay, well, it's time for a serious relationship and, you know, beyond just a casual boyfriend-girlfriend, and then you realize that's a lot of work. (laughs) And then you get married and you realize that's even more work. And then you get children in the mix, and that really muddies things up. It's great, but it's a lot of work. It's a lot of responsibility. And this is the point, as you're going along, that many people bail out. And this is where many fail. Because the more responsibilities you get, whether it be career or school or family or whatever it might be, the more responsibility you get, sometimes then the more pressure there is, right? The more anxiety that can well up in you. And a lot of people just can't take it. And so they they quit their jobs or they get fired or they get divorced or they, they turn their back on their kids or just the whole thing just falls apart. What is going to keep you going so that you finish and that you finish strong? Well, that's a good question. You know, as a Christian, there are some basic elements, some components that we need to make sure we have on straights. And we have them in place. Faith, conviction, devotion, commitment, integrity sincerity, right? We have to be like rock solid in those things. And then a foundation for all of those is a love for God, that God is first. That's the, that's the greatest commandment. So we've got to make sure that all of those are in place. But they're not a one-time set it and forget it. Sometimes we're, we're disillusioned. We think, okay, well, you know, I, I've got my faith. I've got my this. I don't have to think about these anymore. But we have to be growing in these. We have to be adding to these things increasing and growing as the challenges of life increase your faith has to keep going and i think this is where for many christians it can get really tricky it can get really confusing if your faith and your conviction and your devotion and your integrity and your commitment and your sincerity and your love for god fail to keep up with the challenges that you have in life as you go along this journey, you too will fail. And it's just a matter of time before everything that you're trying to build just crumbles. Well, that growth, that increase, is dependent on two things. One, how important are these responsibilities to me? Whether that be your family, your husband, your wife, your children, your church, your, your career, different things. How, how important is this to me? And the second thing, how much of a risk am I willing to take so I can be sure I'm strong enough in my faith, my conviction, my devotion, my commitment, etc., to be able to withstand the amount of pressure and stress that's coming at me? Am I willing to take a risk? Look at me in Mark chapter 10, beginning of verse 17. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Well, why do you call me good, Jesus? He answered, no one's good except God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. You shall not defraud. Honor your father and mother. Teacher, he declared, all of these I've kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and he loved him. One thing you lack, he said, go sell everything you have, give it to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. Well, at this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. You know, I think that's a question we all have. What do we need to know? What do we need to do? I want to get this right. How do I make sure I'm right with God? But how do I also make sure that I'm I'm, I'm leading my life in the right way, that I'm doing the right thing by my wife, by my family, by my kids, by my church, by my community? How do I know I've got this on straight? I'm on the right path, and with all of these, I'm going to finish strong. Well, the first thing Jesus says is, it's not at all about being good. And that's probably a relief to many. Good, I don't have to be good. Well, he's not really saying that, but... Your goodness really isn't the thing. It's just more your devotion, your commitment, and your your, uh, your commitment to God, as we're going to see. But it is about being courageous. One of the scariest scriptures in the Bible is in Revelation 21.7. And we don't need to turn there. Go back and look at it sometime. But of all the things, okay, that, that we have to think about, those that, that don't make it in the end are the cowardly. You cannot be it takes a certain amount of courage to really live as a Christian. It takes a certain amount of courage to make Jesus Lord and to follow Christ because of the risk. A life in Christ is a, is a, is a challenge, challenging one. Very difficult. Being that dad, being that mom, being that wife, being that son, being that daughter, being that that friend, being that husband, being that example, being that disciple. It's not easy. It's not easy for you. It's not easy for me. I struggle every day. And I second guess myself all the time about the kind of husband I am, the kind of father I am, the kind of church leader I am. I think all of us, if we, if we really think about the seriousness of it, it's not doing any of these things. Sometimes we think, you know, it would be easier if it was all about just being good. If I'm just a good person then I can just check all the boxes because I've completed the test. I'm done, ready to go. But look at verse 19. He says, you know the commandments. Shall not murder, do not commit adultery. go goes through the rest of them. And he says, all these things I've done. Congratulations. You're a good boy. You're doing a really good job. Jesus is thinking, now let's see if you have the courage to actually do something. Because you talk a really good game. You're convinced in your own mind that you're doing everything. Okay, I'm going to put you to the test. Let's see if you're ready to really commit yourself to being a disciple and following what I have to say. And so he puts him to the test. He says, I need you to take a risk. The most important thing to you is your money. I think Jesus probably understood that. He knows what's important to all of us. He says, I want you to give it all away to the poor. And really what he's saying is you need to love people. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. I want you to take all this money. I want you to give it away. And let's see where you're at. That was quite a challenge. He says, give it all away. You know, I think for the most part, when you look at what he says here in verse 19, all these things I've done since I was born. I think for the most part, we probably do a pretty good job with most of the things we're supposed to do as a disciple. We could probably say the same thing. No, I'm not perfect. But as disciples, I think we learn pretty quickly the difference between right and wrong, doing the good thing, doing the bad thing. The Bible is clear. And I think we do a pretty good job overall of sticking with what is right. We've got basic integrity, basic righteousness, because we've had some pretty good basic training. And so we get the basics of being a good Christian. We know the word. We know the standard. We know the drill. We know how this works. It's not a bad thing. And it can be a good thing. But there's there's more to it as what this guy was going to find out. And so he says to him again, take, take that risk. I want you to really step out and do something you've never done before. Really take a leap of faith. And the guy says, no, I'm not going to do it. And up to that point, his relationship with God had been very safe. It had been very careful. It was nice. It was manageable. All the ducks in a row. And I'm sure he was going to hear, you've done a terrific job. You're all good. Don't, don't think about anything else. You've got the seal of approval. But he didn't hear that, did he? What, it's, it's, it's sort of what we see. There's a parable in the Bible, a parable of the talents. And there's a man that's been given five talents, another man given two talents, another man given one talent. These are sums of money. And these men are told, you need to go and you need to invest this. Two of them do it. The five-talent guy, he invested a great return. The two-talent guy, he invested, great return. The one-talent guy buried it. And that's really what we see in this example right here. He was given something, but he just buried it. He didn't get that seal of approval. He went away sad, empty-handed, because he was a coward. He He wasn't willing to say, Jesus, I trust you enough to go ahead and make that leap of faith. I'll step out. Jesus asked more of him than he was comfortable with, and he simply said no. No risk, no investment, and because of that, then there was no return. Look at verse 23. Jesus looked around and he said to his disciples how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were amazed at his words, but Jesus said again, children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God of God this actually has very little to do with money and maybe he was a good guy at least by, by some standards maybe so but verse 20 is true you know maybe, maybe he was doing all these things there's a possibility that, that, was, that was right on and maybe like us he knew the drill he knew all the answers he stuck with it but there was a problem And it wasn't him alone. Because Jesus' observation is now much more general. And it goes from the one to the many. And you look at me in verse 24, verse 23. Jesus looked around and he said to the disciples, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were all amazed. They looked and said, wait a minute. We we held this guy up as the model. I don't get it. What do you think he means by this? You know, we can all get to a point where we think we're fine just the way we are. I'm doing all the stuff on my list. I can check it off. I'm I'm coming out to church. I'm reading my Bible. I have my quiet time. I pray. You know, I'm doing all the things that I know I'm supposed to do. And it's all worked out really nice. I got a, a, a time for everything. And it all works out. And it's taken me a while, but I figured out how to fit Christianity into my really busy life. And I've got this perfect compartment for it. Your wealth may not be money, but it might be complacency. And maybe you've reached a point with Christ where you know, you know, I'm better than I was in the world. You know, I don't think the way I used to think and do the things I used to do and sing the songs I used to do and all the other... I'm not doing that anymore. So I'm definitely in a better place. But you know in your heart and your mind, I'm really not where I should be. And I'm really not even where I could be. And you probably know very well what it would take to get there. Vulnerability. Openness. Boldness. Humility. Honesty. Surrender. Commitment accountability. I mean, these are really scary. Why? Because they're really risky. Because these force you to say, I need to come out of myself. And that's not easy to do. They're overwhelming. Even though we know there are great rewards at the other side of doing these things, it's challenging. It's scary. Being vulnerable is difficult. It's not being concerned with what other people think about you. It's like, look, whatever it is, you know, what you see is what you get. And being open, being transparent, that's not easy. We live in a society where people are not open. And that's a real big risk for us. What are they going to think now? What are they going to say? Being bold, stepping up, stepping out. Humility, being a learner, that's difficult. Honesty, being truthful and gen- with genuine integrity. Surrender, giving over, saying, God, you're in control. Commitment, being connected with God being connected with people. And accountability, being willing to be held to a standard. All of these are hard because they require courage and they take a risk. And if you're not there, you're going to stay put. This is good enough. You'll manage the risk and you'll stay right where you are. You know, it's so easy to be fooled into thinking, that's okay. And I'm living the life that I'm called to. And even the disciples were very fooled. Look at verse 26. They were even more amazed. And they said to each other, who then can be saved? But Jesus looked at them and said, look, with man this is impossible, not with God. All things are possible with God. Jesus lets them know. It doesn't have to be that way. Look at Peter's remark in verse 28. We've left everything to follow you. Truly, I tell you, Jesus replied, no one who's left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times more as much in this present age. Homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, fields, along with persecutions in the age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be last and the last will be first. Peter says, we've risked everything. We've given everything up to follow you, which he did. And the others agreed. But Jesus knew you're not done yet. I appreciate where you are, but there's still more to go. There's still more to do. This is just the beginning. And the risk may get greater, but so will the reward. And so what about us? Are we saying, Jesus, what are you trying to say to me in this story? I think he's trying to say, don't settle. You've got to take a risk. If you want to get to the place where you know you need to be, you've got to be willing to take a risk. Look at where you are right now. Have you settled? I mean, you've got to be really honest. Have you settled in your marriage? Have you settled in your parenting, your family, maybe your own convictions, your own expectations? Your discipleship, your lordship, your worship, your relationships, your fellowship. Have you settled for something that you think, you know what, I'm doing, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do and 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 I'm good. Don't don't bother me. And maybe maybe if you can say to yourself, No, I'm not where I need to be, then ask yourself why. Have you stopped trusting? Have you stopped believing? Have you stopped caring? Have you stopped trying? you really got to figure that one out. If you need help, get it. The life that God calls us to is not easy. I will admit we all know the risk is great and the cost is great. But remember, the reward is so much greater. If you settle for anything less than your best effort, doing the things you know you should be doing, being in the place where you know you need to be, If you settle for less, the results may very well be catastrophic. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but eventually it will catch up with you. Don't be shocked if your marriage stumbles, if your family stumbles, if your personal life stumbles, if you start to do things that you thought you would never do or never get into again. And don't be shocked if one day you just walk away because he settled. No more risk. I'm good right where I am. And that's sad. That's the bad news. But the good news is it does not have to be that way. If you have the courage to do something about it right now. There's a story on Mark chapter 2 of a, of a paralyzed man. And he's determined that he's not going to stay that way. So his friends bring him to meet Jesus. But the house was full. And so they take him up on the roof, they cut a hole in the roof, and they lower the guy right down in front of Jesus, because that's where he needed to be. And he was healed that day. Why? Because the guy was willing to take a risk. I'm not holding back whatever it takes for me to get in front of Jesus. That's what I'm doing. And he knew it wasn't going to be easy. It wasn't going to be convenient. In fact, to get him in front of Jesus was going to be costly. And, and, and he might fall apart, but he was confident, we're going to do this. We can get there. He knew he needed to be there. He had no choice. He had to get that close. Whatever it was going to take, whatever help he needed from his friends, whatever risk he had to take, he was determined and he had the courage to get there and they were all amazed when it worked in your life is it time to be amazed again maybe amazed for the very first time of what God can do of where God can lead you of what God has planned for your life and your future and your family or wherever you are on that journey? It's time to say, God, I want to be amazed at what you can do. I don't want to settle. I don't want to sit back and just let it all go by me. I want to see what you can do. And I know to get there, I'm going to have to step out. And I'll have to be vulnerable. And I'll have to be open. And I'm going to have to be more trusting again. And I'm going to have to fix some things from the past. Whatever it is, I need to get that, that leap forward. I need to trust. I need to take a risk and know that you can do this. Don't be paralyzed by fear, or your past, or people, or hurts, or disappointments, or even your own complacency. If you want to get to where you need to be spiritually, then you've got to muster up the courage and do something big. God has proven himself to be faithful, and God will continue to prove himself faithful. Prove your faithfulness by stepping up and stepping out and be willing to take a risk because the reward is well worth it. Amen. Amen. Thanks.